0: Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles <laughs> I am your host, Roddy Cat, and you can find me on at Roddy Cat on Twitter, you can find me at NewsNest Need on Twitter, and you can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. <laughs> We break it out once in a while, folks. Every now and then, and the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore
1: seventy on Twitter and
0: Instagram.
1: What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, when you might be uh, keeping track of the NFL draft going on right now, I've got, I've got it on uh, in the background on mute. But uh, moving on. <laughs>
0: sports ball who needs sports ball you got comic books and that's why we're here tonight folks uh and you can find here on the coast of the podcast network that's cspn.us do it today you can also find us in your podcast personal place of choice whether it be google play apple itunes aka apple podcasts spotify or the coast of the podcast network soundcloud page uh, you can find us recording every Thursday night, nine thirty ish PM, uh, on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's YouTube.com/slash The Click Nation and Twitch.tv/slash Comic Book Chronicles.
1: Make sure to hit like and subscribe, and uh, hit the notification button. Oh, and leave all the good reviews.
0: Ye. And speaking of hitting things, we're gonna hit the ground running with um, a quick. Um, episode recap for Moon Knight uh, episode
1: 5 yeah seriously spoilers incoming if you have not watched episode 5 of uh, Moon Knight there were very many revelations so uh, Moon Knight spoilers incoming in 3, 2, 1 episode 5 is titled Goodness gracious, what is this thing titled? Asylum. Uh, asylum! And it is not, you know, political asylum. We're talking about an asylum, asylum for the mentally... Uh, let's just say uh, mentally ill. Yeah. Psych ward stuff, y'all. Psych- um,
0: uh, Which most of the episode ends up taking... Whoa, what is going on there? Um, Most of the episode kind of takes... Or at least half of the episode takes place in psych, uh, psych ward. Or at least um it, it, it is so thought, so uh we begin with um well, we basically begin at the end of the last uh episode with uh Marcus Stephen meeting the hippo lady, and not the hippo lady <laughs> the <laughs> the lady with the head of a the god with the head of a, a hippo uh namedet Tal- yes, exactly uh hi. <laughs> which i forgot though i meant to pull to see whose uh voice that is because the voice sounded familiar and i have no idea whose whose it was
1: it's um, not it wouldn't be uh i i looked up who the actress was it's not i don't think someone you would uh recognize sure. it's um because i did look this up antonia salib I don't think that name rings a bell oh, okay. all no, no oh. I don't
0: okay, but the voice does definitely sounds familiar- it sounded familiar though, so it definitely wasn't who i was oh yeah and there's a there's a here, it's right here on the side of the um the the the, the thing in our
1: notes right yeah. in our in in the uh the the, the handy dandy marvel uh Log. call it so apparently so apparently
0: they are at um Putnam psychic ward uh psychiatric ward, which apparently is the name uh, that was from the the name of the psych ward that was in uh, Jeff Lemire and Greg Smallwood's run. Um, like I said, it was Steven. Uh, they meet up with Tyra Uh She's explaining to them the journey and how they have to get their hearts weighed against a feather of might, which we had uh, kind of had heard in a, an episode in the past, but apparently... Um, uh, the scales are still teetering because obviously, you know, Mark uh, and Stephen have their own issues, specifically Mark in particularly. And the majority um, of this here episode is basically them unpacking uh, Mark's trauma. Uh,
1: right. Mark's... Here's four unknown to those of us who are familiar with the Mark Specter character, at least... You know, to those of us who have read the char- you know, read about the character on and off for the past several decades, but you know, I can't, I cannot say that I was the most faithful, faithful, you know, page by page Moon Knight reader. Right. So I don't know if they pulled any of the stuff from the comic books. Brody Cat, I don't know if you know that. Well, like I, like I said before we we talked about this just before the show.
0: Right. Like I said before the show is not there are parallels um but it is definitely not a one to one. They they have, they have taken a, uh, a a couple of liberties because in the comics uh he while he's in the psych war it, it's you know it's him with all of his aspects and they're trying to escape in uh that kind of situation and there is nothing about what we end up finding out to be some childhood trauma with uh, a death of um um, an accidental death of his little brother, which that is not from the comics, as far as I can remember, because as far as I know, Mark doesn't have any family.
1: Oh no! You know what? A simple Google search, obviously, that's true. A lot in between watching the show and and and, and preparing for the show. Randall Specter actually is a previously created uh, character wow. in Moon Knight, um, uh, but. Apparently, the Randall character did not die when they were young, okay. but rather uh, became they became estranged, and he sure. actually becomes another character that um, uh, Mar- that that Mark as Moon Knight has to fight. But okay, apparently, so that still... was also retconned away.
0: Oh, right. So, uh, I know. think he's yeah. I think he's supposed to be like Shadow the Shadow Knight or something like that. But anyway, yeah, regardless,
1: like yeah, regardless, right. the way that's they the point is that it's not it's not um. It's not a one-to-one right. translation of any previous comic book story, but rather, you know, an interpretation of uh, Mark Spector having a brother. This was, like I said, right. heretofore unbeknownst to me that this even existed. So right. Roddy See, Cat I... at least knew that this character existed previously, right? But also knew that, that yeah, that that what
0: they did in this episode. Like I said, has while there are parallels to the
1: the comic book run, are definitely is not a one to one as we we'll said. Right, like the Lemire, yeah, he's yeah, what he's referring to is the Lemire uh, Moon Knight run from right. re, from relatively like recently, right.
0: So and um, but yes, but so really, there's not much else to say about this episode outside of the fact that like I said, we we um. Basically, we see Mark trying to keep Stephen away from uh, finding out about his past, and more specifically, toward to, to, to Steven finding out that Stephen's not real. Because as we who know the comics know, Stephen is an aspect of um, Mark's uh, DID, or is a is, uh, uh, yeah as, as an aspect of uh, Mark's DID. Steven did not know that in the show, which he ends up finding that out, unfortunately. Uh, and that gets dealt with in a not necessarily completely similar to the comic book run, but it definitely like I said the parallel is there uh near the end of this uh near the end of this episode so and uh as i think i've has been pointed out in like probably a couple of videos out there somewhere like this is just like the other um um marvel shows they pretty much get to this point and it 's like well. Now they're unpacking all of this stuff about past, about their past, and now they're turning the corner. And this, uh, and this is, um, no different because at the end of this, you know, when it's all said and done, we see Mark at the end of it's, uh, coming out of the other side or presumably coming out of the other side,
1: better, worse. For Mark, that's kind of a, uh, you know. Right. The funny part, right. The funny part about this is that the episode ends not where we expect it to end. Right. And it does not leave us with a clear path into the next episode, which, you know, as far as we know, is the final episode and may very well be the last time we see the Moon Knight character. So it definitely, you know, is a cliffhanger ending. Uh, to, you know, it's definitely in that style because it Mm -hmm. does not leave us with an uh, an immediate sense of what's going to happen next. Right. Now, it also makes me curious
0: as to how much longer, if by much, uh, the next episode is going to be. Because they still have to deal with the fact that, hey, Mark's still, you know, dead, which, you know, uh, Khonshu's still not around you know, so they got to kind of deal with that, which I, which they can. I mean, you know, in hours' time, they could do both. But
1: um... well, because they're still, well, 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 what it comes down to is that Layla is still in play, who right. we do not see with at her... all in this episode, right? But she did, and mentioned... with that character, right? You know, with that character being an active participant in the story, you know, that 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 uh, I think is going to be the avenue that um, you know that they use. To free Kanshu. Right. and that's how I believe Moon Knight is going to return. Uh, you know w- how they resolve the Amit story with uh, with H- Arthur Harrow. That's you know that's right. something else. So we'll see how that hours worth of story plays out. Right. Um, I think the, the
0: the one thing I've really noticed in this episode is they they uh, they name drop the um um. Um, the the similar plane of uh the underworld, from the Black Panther, the right, the plane. ancestral plane, yeah, ancestral right. plane, yeah. Excuse me. So I was like, oh yeah, that was great. I was, like,
1: I was happy to hear that. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, talk about synergy, right? And it right. makes it makes perfect sense that they would try to, uh, you know, show some form of connectivity without exactly.
0: You know, right.
1: laying out how it's connected, right? And despite you know, just despite that that, exi- that no, just saying that it exists is enough because that, uh, because we're all under the impression that this is happening in the same continuity, the same you know, MCU. I forget what the number is. It's not the six one six, but whatever the MCU reality is, it's like one nine nine nine
0: nine something like that. But regardless, um, but yeah, but the reason why I bring that up also is because I know there have been like speculation that's just like, well. it's, there's he's the Egyptian gods and then Bast is an Egyptian god, but Bass hasn't been mentioned, and that's a, that's a tie to, you know, uh, to this and Black Panther and blah 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 blah. Where here's another, you know, more direct tie that that um, actually did come up. And I think the two things that we wanted, or at least the two things that I felt like we wanted out of this particular episode, did happen. As in the name Bushman, that name did get dropped. As to um, mm-hmm. um, to get um, uh, basically who Mark was working for, and, and end up you know uh, end up getting betrayed by basically. So that did happen, even though if it wasn't a person, you know, we saw him screen doing it. And then of course right. there was the uh the statue, the classic, almost in the uh the classic version of Conchu that we see Mark uh, laying uh, in front of. Uh, near near the end, near his his near death experience, whenever.
1: right. About it's that. essentially right. It's essentially a one to one of the comic book, mm-hmm. the original comic book origin of Mark Spector before we've seen all of the recent uh, retcons and filling in some of the gaps uh, over the last, let's say, like five to ten years for for Moon Knight. Uh, but what Roddy Cat mentioned is, you know, what w- was nice to see that, you know, th- that's the the nitty gritty basics mm-hmm. of the Mark Spector origin. You know, seeing the seeing the the uh, the, the massacre of, of that group, uh, the 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 treachery from Bushman, and then uh, Mark Spector making his way, you know, near death to the um, the point where Conchu discovers him, you know, in mm-hmm. front of the you know, as Rodicat said, in front of that nice, you know, kind of traditional-looking statue. Right. So,
0: yeah, outside of that, like I said, there there was some stuff that we don't necessarily need to get, don't go you know get into with his Yeah, because there's, there's a
1: lot, I mean. right. If you really wanted to go blow by blow, there's a lot of stuff that develops and happens in the story. That's why we're kind of using the broadest strokes possible when we're talking about this episode, because there's just a lot. Right. And there are a lot of plot threads that get picked up on in this episode everything from where later's gators comes from (laughs) to you know um you know some childhood trauma that like i said before unbeknownst to all of us was around in the mark specter history uh that is that we that we presume has been created for um the MCU version, and it won't be long before we see it in the pages of the Marvel comics. Let's just put it that way.
0: Right. And there seemed to be an, even the implication, which has gone kind of going back and forth in the comics. I think whether Khonshu was the one who, um, put Mark in that, in that situation, basically made him, uh, made him for lack of a better word, crazy. I know that, that that's not the word to be using right now, but but basically giving uh, Mark his disorder his ID uh, disorder at a young age. Really? That that was well. That's that has been a thing rumored and theoried about, and even in mm. this particular episode, they like you. I think Steven even had a line. Basically saying like Marcus, um, they they kind of make it the implications that well Marcus already had this, but Kanshu was using it, which was was the other side of that. Like was right, Mark that's or- the
1: way I read that. Right, that's the right. way I interpreted that. Is that he detected the fracturing in the psyche, right. you know, the 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 dissociative identity disorder, right. and yes. you know exploited however however country meant to exploit that you know he right. uses the um, the mercenary side to the best you know to, to, to maximize his uh, fist of country's effectiveness so right. but this... that's you know that's the way I, I read that right. but I, I kind of got a kick out of Steven saying oh he's he's totally playing you he's manipulating you and part of me is thinking of course he is Mark Spector is near death. He doesn't want to die, though, at this point. So he will, you know, he's he's willing to do just about anything and promise anything uh, to do so. And at this point in life, he's also kind of um, uh, uh, moved away from his, you know, his his previous faith. They they do, in fact, acknowledge that he grew up uh, Jewish, you know, so it was very interesting, uh, you know, to see. How a lot of these plot threads got got weaved together. So, you know, anyone who's looking to watch this episode, be prepared to, um, you know, maybe hit pause and try to try to remember where all this stuff is connecting and and how it's all connecting. And then, you know, just keep going and and see. I don't know if you're going to be willing to watch this twice, you know, unless you missed something. But this is definitely full of exposition and full of explanation. Right. This, you know, that is what this episode is chock full, chock full of. Not right. nuts, but exposition and explanation.
0: Which is, I know, kind of funny because I know there are people out there who are have complained about the last couple of episodes because there was because he didn't get in the suit. He wasn't in the suit. Like, they were recap episodes because he wasn't in the suit. I'm like, really? And I'm, they're probably going to levy those same... That same stupid argument
1: for, for, for this episode also. Well, I mean, I don't think, I don't know if it's a stupid argument. It's about your expectations, you know, because I, I personally would rather see more punching and pew-pew, uh, you know, in, involving the suit, but understanding that this is an origin story. Mm-hmm. You have to have that particular expectation that they're going to explore the characters like kind of deep-seated traumas or, you know, going back in time and, and, and looking at things in multiple flashbacks. So yeah, you have Pedro to fan keep that okay, in but... mind. Right. No, but my point is you have to keep that in mind and, you know, temper those expectations of the kicking, punching and the pew-pew probably until the last episode, which is when we're going to get it. Yes. Oh, we
0: should get. Hopefully, we should get a lot of it then. But you know, like I said, I'm I'm with it. Both I'm 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 all right with it. I'm like I don't think the episodes are weak just because there's no 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 kicking and punching or whatnot. Like I I love a good um exposition episode if it's actually furthering
1: things, which you know, which which it has been. So right, right, um, and 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 as I said, it's an origin story. You have to you have to temper those expectations. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But like I said, it's the casual folks.
0: Regardless, it was a good episode, I thought.
1: And um, um Yeah, and, and you worry a little bit, and you know I'll I'll uh you know, we'll move on from this. I will just say that yeah. you worry just the touch that the casuals get left behind because we're not, you know, we're obviously maybe not steeped in the lore, but we're definitely familiar with it. So right. it is that a reason why we're able to more easily tolerate this because we're expecting it. And they're not as easily amenable to it. Right. That's probably, yeah, likely. That is a good likely
0: case. Sure. That's that's an acceptable case. But either way, um, that was... You can can definitely argue that point, and I think it's
1: a fair point to make.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. So, yeah, so we're going to move on. Um, Because like I said, it's, as Agent 7 said, there was a lot to it, but at the same time, it was kind of... A, I don't want to say cut and dry, but it was kind of a here we got we started from here we got in here we we're we're
1: now here, uh, type right. of story. Um, right. and there's plenty of crazy concepts in here too with the with the undead realm of doubt or, or yeah in in or no what is it? Uh, uh, you know, is it doubt? Wait, what are you talking about? The undead realm in Egyptian lore where they're traveling. Oh the uh, the uh, the the uh, doit or doit or something like doit yeah exactly I, oh my gosh there's so much you know there's a there's there's a boat and I joked about this before we started there's a boat riding on sand that they can steer and Mark is looking to kill Towerette because they want to <laughs> take the boat and turn around there's so many little things in this episode that just get re- it just gets really crazy so you know you just have to bear with us you know the, the broadest strokes I think is the best way to talk about this episode you know in this format if you wanted you know a blow by blow we could do that but that would be an entire episode unto itself
0: yeah it'd be it, it, it's it, like so this was not the episode that would necessarily need that because, because it's the duat
1: the duat the the right. is duot. the there Egyptian
0: underworld there you go so and Harold still plays a somewhat of a role in a way. So if you're looking for that, also
1: um, right. No, Ethan Hawke does an incredible job in this series. He's yeah. doing a very good job in this series of 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 being um, uh, a character that's not just the uh, the David Koresh, you know, like the cult leader. Mm-hmm. Like in this one, he you know, like in in this episode specifically it's a total flip of the script for uh the harrow character where he's basically playing a uh a a doctor a psychiatrist in a in a in a a mental health facility that uh, is basically trying to shut down all of mark Spector's quote-unquote delusions right in a way he's still playing yeah he's he's just not
0: playing it in the same way he's just going about a different way
1: Right, but it's still definitely a flip of the script because it's it's not what Harold was before, so it's a very different character. Right. So, moving right along, though,
0: we are going to get into the books of the week, starting with um,
1: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle: The Last Ronin, number five. Right. Surprise, surprise! TMNT: The Last Ronin, number five. The story is by Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, and Tom uh, Tom Waits. Uh, Tom Waltz? Yes. Yeah, it's Tom Waltz. Yes. It's Tom Waltz. Tom Waits is a musician. (laughs) Script. The script is by Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman. Layouts are by Kevin Eastman. Pencils and inks are by Esau and Isaac Escorza. Ben Bishop and Kevin Eastman. There is a color assist by Samuel Pita. Uh, Colors are by Luis Antonio Delgado and Rhonda Patterson. Letters are by Sean Lee. There are a lot of people working on this book because it is, uh, to be fair, uh, exercised. It is not a, a normal-sized book. It is a little bit longer than your regular comic book. So I think Roddy Cat uh, recently caught up on this story? I mean, I've been a boner. Or have you been keeping up? No, I've kept okay. up on it, yeah. All right, so... Uh, this story is the culmination of, of uh, several months of reading along because this is a hit, this has been on a bi-monthly schedule so it's given plenty of people plenty of time to catch up on this if they were not on it, let's say for the first one or two issues, but we have gotten to the climax of this story wherein Michelangelo is looking to take it to the latest incarnation of the Foot Clan and um you know that is a a spoiler in itself because uh, the 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 premise of the story is that there is one last turtle standing.
0: Yep, but you know even even with that being the case, his turtle brothers are still with him in spirit. Actually, literally <laughs> in right. spirit. Um, Which I was for part of me was thinking they're going to explain this in a, in a different way. They're they're going to have some other explanation outside of the fact that this in his head, you know. I don't know something, something. about this story just kind of felt like that was the case. But it was like no, no, what it is it? was just like they, he's they were in his head, like we've seen plenty of times in other stories. Um, right. But yeah, like Age of Seven said, he's he's gearing up to take out uh, the wait, the son grandson of. Um. Um, shredder, something like. But regardless, right. some some Moroku um, um, of uh, uh, family member. Um, but basically, uh, he's going on that last. If you if you play video games, he's on that last uh, the last level, <laughs> and he's trying making his right, way to the, the boss fight. Boss. Yeah, he's making his way to the boss fight and to, uh, to to have the boss fight. Um, which to not spoil the end of this book, kind of ends like you would expect it would. Would for the name of this issue, I mean for the name of this right. book,
1: right? And with the uh, and, and with the kind of expected option for continuation, yes, yes. So that is you know that was uh, uh, not unexpected on my end. I, I rather like the design of the Ultimate T Two Shredder, uh, the T One Thousand Shredder. I kind of got a kick out of that. That was kind of fun. You know, given the fact that this is set in the uh, the nearer future, right? So, I, I, I got a kick out of that. That was a it was a nice amalgamation of some technology that we don't normally see uh, utilized in the Turtles. But then again, they've had aliens since Jump, so you know, seeing seeing technology in the pages of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is not uncommon, right? So, pers- here's some perspective
0: here. I don't know if this is true or not, but this this, this seems not because not has been this long. But this book came out this week. The last issue of this book came out last September, according to uh, Comixology. And I don't know if that part is true or not, but I know it definitely Wait, has been some. According to Comixology, uh, the last issue of this book, the previous issue, rather, came out in oh september. you mean oh
1: the mo oh the prior oh yeah yes, september of 2021 right
0: so that is how long it's uh, been since between the last issue of this and this particular
1: issue coming out if right, that is true. right it's or, been a while it's they yeah. definitely had to go beyond their bi-monthly schedule right so
0: I, I i say that to say that i wouldn't blame anybody for not remembering what of uh, uh, coming into this issue of the book and would have to go back in and reread, which I almost thought I did, but I was like, nah, it was, it's pretty cut and dry. I didn't, it wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. to do that. Like, he's the last one. Right. He's got this big fight. It was a big fight last issue, uh, last issue and right. the boss fight.
1: Right, and it's still fun to see some of the old characters still, you know, making progress and doing their things. And mm-hmm. there are nice little reunions during the during the issue uh mm-hmm. that we see and you know there there's a great there's a great shot on a rooftop yes that will be very nostalgic for fans of the turtles especially the ones that go back to um you know the the black and white, but even if you don't go all the way back to the black and white, but just go back to the cartoons, right. you'll still enjoy that particular reunion on the rooftop, and just you know it'll be, it, you know it'll hit a very warm note in the mm-hmm. nostalgia bones.
0: Yeah, sadly, no one says cowabunga, but you know this is this is not
1: well. Yeah, yeah, because that's not yeah. Th- these are not the cartoon ones,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you, you but it still evokes the, a, a similar spirit in in that shot Correct. that he's mentioning.
1: So. Right. And 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 to be honest, and and obviously this is something that the uh the comics adapted from the color adaptations of the turtles mm-hmm. and the cartoon especially, but you know, their bandanas weren't multicolored before. This is true. Right. So, you know, when they first appeared, their bandanas obviously in a in a black and white comic, it was it was it wasn't uh, something that was ma- that, that was a that was a point of emphasis. Right. But uh, but in this story, been, their bandanas are, are correspond with the color schemes for the for the for each individual turtle that was developed uh, for the cartoons, video games, and everything going forward. Yes. And actually, speaking of video games, they have uh, the
0: Kyle Booker collection is on pre-order now uh, for, I believe, all of the Turtle games, if you are so inclined, uh, uh, that Limited Run has going on. So you check that out. Um, some good stuff there, because there's a new Turtles game coming out at some point that has nothing to do with this book, but it looks it looks good and it looks uh, uh reminiscent of the old games and i can't wait to play it so that ha- that was, was uh, aside we can go to the next
1: book <laughs> you want to go to the big number one that came out this week sure amazing spider-man number one All righty, on this book, uh, it is written by Zeb Wells, with art by John Romita Jr., uh, inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Marcio Meniz, and letters by our favorite Python, VCs Joe Caramagna. So, I don't think Roddy Cat uh, was prepared, because I wasn't, for the immediate shift in story. Because even though it's a new number one, we don't necessarily expect... Them to pick up from where they left off the previous volume, but I was I, it was kind of jarring for me. I don't know if you expected that. I'd, no, I, I had stayed away from all the previews.
0: No, I so I, agree. I, I, agree I, I came you. into this cold, yeah. Same, I did too. So, no, you're right. I was not expecting not the beginning, it's definitely not the end, <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the end is definitely going to be a, a, a whatchamacallit, a red herring. Mm. You know, I think the I think the ending is you know I think there's something a af- there there there's something afoot. Mm. Um, you know, Perhaps. if if Wells decides to make that canon, that's going to be tough.
0: Yeah, that's going to be crazy. Um, and we're not going to spoil what that is, <laughs> but so yeah, we 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 start off with um, I guess an event that happens, or at least the aftermath of an event that happens with with Spider-Man at the uh, center of it. Uh, but then cuts to six months later to where we see a p- pretty different Peter uh, coming out of the, the, the back end. of the- We don't see what the event is, but I assume we're going to get to it at some point. Uh, Peter's definitely acting differently. He's got a beard, for goodness sake. I've never seen bearded Peter, I don't think. Unless that happened in Spider-Verse or something like that. But I don't think I've ever seen a bearded Peter. <laughs> yeah, maybe not, yeah i was about
1: to say maybe not like a full beard probably stubble peter maybe yeah you know because you know? that's a, i mean that's kind of how i saw this a stubble peter and not fully bearded peter well i was about to say you could put that on jrjr but also yeah sure <laughs> that is still
0: yeah, it flows I way. Like the
1: thickest, i mean it, it could no, be like you not. know he could be one of those guys that just don't grow you know, like the thickest beards. Um, I want to say we've probably seen bearded Peter. You know, not maybe not in a Spider Verse, but in like one of those like Spider Man Rain books or something like that. Mm. You know, like so looking at like future uh, Peter oh, Parkers. Wait.
0: Oh wait, there is one. I think in that recent, um, that recent miniseries where the the Earth gets blacked out or whatever the case maybe I believe there is a bearded Peter Peter there. But I don't right. even know. That's not even a our... right. Uh, I mean, but I can't,
1: uh, um, as worlds are, you know, right. So, so yeah, so there's a couple of things that go on in this issue that, that still lead us to believe that we're still in the relatively current Marvel universe because there is a guest star. It's not a big spoiler. There is a guest star, namely Johnny storm, the human torch. Hmm. His status quo is still unchanged or still what the current status quo is, even though this is supposed to be a six months later time jump. So there are a couple of things that you know that that hint uh, that that hint and definitely suggest that uh, we're not that far into um, the future, as it were. We're still somewhere in the 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 the, the uh, somewhere in the recent past or the current or, or or in the near future when it comes to the uh, the the Marvel six one six timeline. Uh, you know, Rob. You know, the Robbie Robertson. Uh, storyline is still carrying forward from the Nick Spencer run. You know, there are a couple of things that have carried forward, but there are some very large Peter Parker centric story line point story points that are completely out of left field and obviously it's meant to throw, you know, the Parker luck into uh uh you know in, into a bright spotlight and, <laughs> and 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 leave uh Peter with some room to uh, to, to you know, it's uh, a mountain to climb back up on, right? But yeah, um,
0: but the crux of it are you on like, mute, right Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, but yeah, like it just says, like, yeah, we, we see a couple of uh events here, and we definitely see, um, uh, like I said earlier, like we said earlier, a different uh, Peter from what we're used to seeing. Uh, and especially with the way he's uh, His mental state, I guess Just, for, uh, just to, for, to, to To not go into it too deeply uh, In this And we don't know what caused it But uh, Well, we know something caused it We see that clearly, but we don't know How it got from there to here, basically So I guess this book's going to uh, Broach that uh, at some point, and I guess we're even going to see shades of stuff we heard about in the news because there was one one section to where there was a um, a deal that got bust up involving a property belonging to someone known to Peter uh, to Spider Man uh, that assume is going to come into play uh, right at some point right soon.
1: because uh, right because if you like us are keeping up with solicitations. There is uh, an interesting development coming up in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man involving one person who likes to think of himself as something of a scientist.
0: Yes, sure, yes, indeed. <laughs> I okay, so I'm gonna I'm have, have to ask uh, Agent Seven this because I don't know this character, um, not the character that we just mentioned, but the character the character that's kind of shown prominently here. That I assume is an old Spidey villain, but I don't think I know them. You mean
1: the Gamma Irradiated yes. one? Relatively recent. Okay. Relatively recent. During, I want to say during the One More Day era, which, believe it or not, is like 10 years old now. <laughs> right which is terrible (laughs) it's terrible that it seems like it was yesterday but it's like 10 years old now because spider-verse is old now this is true yeah you know this digger character. I I I I'm pretty sure that's that's who Roddy Cat is mentioning. Is okay. um, relatively recent. I think it's one more day. It might even be more recent than that. Gotcha. I meant to look it up, but
0: I, I but I didn't take the chance to do so before this. So I'm like, I don't know this character, but they but they mentioned being gamma radiated. and They even mentioned the green door. I'm like, I know this character didn't show up in Hulk, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there was even saying is like uh, I think even Peterson was saying, like, yeah, he's almost as strong as a Hulk or something, something along those lines. So I was like, oh, okay, like how did this happen? But now I have to go look at him later. Regardless, um uh, with every new volume of uh Spider-Man that we have come across in uh the last couple of years, let's just say, you know, it starts out with a good premise sometimes, with the exception of that last one, maybe you know and 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 managed to still kind of keep us in the game. we have to see how this one goes.
1: Yeah, we have to be patient. we have to be patient. I'm actually looking up when this digger character, oh my God, uh-oh. Amazing Spider-Man volume 2 number 51 first appearance March of 2003. Oh my god. Oh dang. Okay. <laughs> so It seems like so it was 20 just years. yesterday, you know. So so almost 20. Oh my years. god. Oh my god.
0: Okay. Damn, I got married that year. <laughs>
1: oh my God. That's how that's how long ago that was. You know, this story is just so far away. Yeah. Now he's... it looks as though they're he, he's here
0: to stay. Oh, Lord, no, I don't believe in yesterday. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh come on, folks! You know your good friend at Agent Underscore Seventy is gonna bring in some music reference into the in, in, into our show. Dear Lord! But I am I, I, I'm literally flabbergasted that this character appeared in 2003. Oh my gosh!
0: Yeah, ten ten. Uh... It's a lengthy time that was. That is yeah, not this much.
1: It's a long time. I could definitely go down into my uh, into my long boxes and find the issue that this character appeared in. It's kinda of funny. <sighs> but that being said,
0: yeah, so we have uh, we have some things to I guess see what the next issue brings us and with the um the the, the plots that that have been plucked for this story. Or for, for the,
1: beginning yeah, of the it's story. a weird, it's a weird place to start. Yeah. You can't deny that. It's a weird place to start. And obviously that's what Zeb Wells is going for. He's going mm-hmm. for a little bit of shock factor, you know, to, to shock us into, you know, trying to keep up with the next issue. Right. You know, because the Spencer run kind of ended on a high
0: note. But left some stuff out there, which this, like you said earlier, this kind of picks up on at least one or two things.
1: Right, but in terms of like where Peter is, right, you know, it kind of ends with you know with Peter on a high note, and obviously, as I said earlier, they have to throw the Parker Luck in there and give you know give the hero something to overcome. So that's where we're starting off right away, you know, and they're going to reveal what that big thing was, you know, and they hint at it with the Johnny Storm um, uh, guest appearance mm-hmm. that and that it. Com- spider-man's relationship with the fantastic four right and
0: and you know as agent 70 said that you know us looking at solicits and news and whatnot know that apparently whatever it is it's it, peter did it you know right or you know.
1: right or they, they 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 blame him for it
0: right he's at this he's right. at the Got he's it. at the center of it whatever it is
1: Right, exactly. Like I, you know, either he he probably wasn't responsible for, it, but he probably didn't respond to it in the best way. Mm. I think that's probably how they're going to play it off. Yeah, we'll see. We shall see. All right, what's next? President what's Bartlett is
0: next. What's next? Um, I guess we can talk about the other Spider Book of the
1: week because I think that's the only other Silk. we got in comic uh, in common. Yeah. You want to do Silk? All right. Sure. Silk number four is written by Emily Kim, with art by Takeshi Miyazawa, colors by Ian Herring, and letters by VCs Ariana Maher. So, if you haven't been keeping up with this volume of Silk, uh, there is um, uh, was it, is it a Korean uh, witch that has been freed from a tomb? Yes. And uh, this Korean witch has been wreaking havoc on all the people who uh, have uh, basically uh, drawing energy from the younger people, especially the younger people who have lots of um, power due to their social influencing positions, you know, their position as social influencers. And unfortunately, Cindy Moon has... uh, Become the latest victim of this witch, who, um, you know. Spoiler alert, uh, because it's not exactly. Actually, you know what? It's on the cover, right? So it's not the biggest spoiler, but I'm going to just say spoiler and ring the bell real quick. If you're watching the video version, in case you're not with us online right now and are able, and are unable to see the cover for this issue, Cindy Moon is uh, an old lady right now. And uh suffers from many of old people problems. Related You know, another version of OPP. <sighs> Jeez. <laughs> All right, moving along. <laughs> I can't hear. Roddy Cat's, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, on the audio and even on the video, Roddy Cat's microphone's acting up just a touch. So I wasn't sure what he just said. He was probably just poking fun at my bad puns, but, you know, what are you going to yeah,
0: do? Yeah, I just said, oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, we got old ladies in the. Or old woman Cindy, whichever, however way you wanna uh, put it, um, and, and she's um, she's feeling it. She's feeling the age, you know. But she's still trying to, to, to do her thing. Even, um, you know, she tried to go go to go home and gather herself, but that didn't work out. Well. But she then she goes to uh, visit some friends, and then uh, who try to talk to her, and then she goes to the one person that did not expect her to go to. To and especially to get uh some advice was J Jonah Jameson, <laughs> um, who will give us some you know what some relatively salient advice I guess for for JJ right okay? um right. and then and it's kind up- of nice that go oh go ahead no, no go ahead go ahead i thought. No, I was just gonna say, and then they go out. Then uh, uh, because of her status, she's she needed some help to get to um, where this other witch, uh, where where this witch is, um, uh, seemingly starting up some shenanigans, and she enlists uh,
1: JJJ's help. Right, right. Yeah, your microphone is really acting up right now. I would say that um, it was interesting that. well, no, really what I was the point I was going to make is that it's nice that J. Jonah Jameson, obviously a central character in the Spider-Man corner of the Marvel Universe, uh, has taken up uh, a, a nice role, you know, not necessarily the antagonist, but definitely like a really nice supporting role in the Silk book. You know, it's it, it shows you that Silk is is definitely going to be, you know, uh, 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 an, an integral part. Of the Spider-Man corner of the Marvel Universe. And you know by putting uh, Jonah in here. And not just a bunch of rando uh, new characters. Which she you know Cindy does have a bunch of new kind of newer supporting characters in the fold. But it's nice that Jonah is playing such a big role obviously as Cindy's boss Mm -hmm. in this story. Kind of a parallel to Peter's uh, original uh, story. So uh, it, you know, like I said, at, at least from my perspective, I think it's nice that Jonah plays such a, a large role in the Silk book, and it keeps her story kind of central to the the main Spider-Man story. Right. The or at least the about, very adjacent to. Right. The weird thing about their relationship is,
0: is that, like, clearly he does not know she's uh, Cindy is Silk. Or at least that's, that is that is what it seems like to be. But part of me is thinking like, well, he knows he knows Peter's Spidey. As far as I know, that's the obviously that has nothing to do with anyone else with a spidey suit. But I don't know. I feel like there's at some point Jay Jones is gonna be like, I already
1: know you're silk. Just <laughs> I would laugh if it happens. I would yeah. laugh if it happens. You know. And there's some and there's some real um there's some real, uh, I don't want to say character development, but there's some real insight, as, right. as Roddy Cat mentioned here, especially uh, uh, given Jonah's recent past. You know, right. that he kind of goes over and, and describes and uses as his current motivation and current, you know, and, and as, as uh, uh, uh you know, and it, it, it all informs his current way of thinking and his attitude. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, okay, yeah, this is
0: definitely a change for the, from the J. Jonah Jameson that we knew <laughs> from way
1: back in the day. Right, exactly. I mean, he's still prone to yell out, uh, what does he call her? Retro or, no, oh, analog. Analog, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's the same thing as yelling out, Parker! <laughs> yes. So. And bringing me specters of silk. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. All right, all right, President Bartlett. Are we done with Silk? Uh, we are done with Silk. What's next? Do you want to go rapid fire or do you want to hit one
0: more book? No, I don't think we can do rapid. Yes, All right. let's do rapid.
1: Spin right. it up. I ain't got time to bleed. Go for it. All right, we are in rapid fire. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. All right. So, Berserker, Berserker, number 8 of 12 from Boom Studios. It's written by Keanu Reeves and Matt Kint, with art by Ron Garney, colors by Bill Crabtree, and letters by Clem Robbins. So, this issue takes a gigantic left turn. This is an unexpected turn of events based on what has happened over the past issue and a half. There is still plenty of, uh, you know, uh, flashbacks here. There are plenty of uh, pages devoted to figuring out where this Unute um, uh, character comes from. That's the uh, the Berserker Keanu Reeves character. You know, there has been uh, an experiment to try to test the extent of his powers, and it goes... I don't want to say awry, but it definitely takes a big left turn. And that's a very strange direction, I thought, for the story to go in. And uh, I would say that PCN underscore Dirt agrees with me. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, leave it at that. Next up is Justice League number 75. It is written by Joshua Williamson with pencils by Rafa Sandoval inks by Jordi Tarragona colors are by Matt Herms and letters by Josh Reed. So, I did not read this that carefully because you know, I was brought in by the cover. And if you saw the cover for it, it, it you know, it basically says the Justice League is dead. I literally just skimmed this book. So, Roddy Cat, I, and I've already spoiled this part for Roddy Cat. This is why he'll probably flip through this book. Pariah is back for some reason. You know, he's our favorite non-favorite character from Crisis on Infinite Earths and all the Crisis things that have popped up in the DC universe since. Uh, the majority of the Justice League does, in fact, die. It's not. It's not a big spoiler. It's on the cover, folks. With and but there is one character that survives. Conveniently, this one character um you know will will say something along the lines of uh I do have a sound effect here that applies. It <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the character who survives. Uh-huh. So you know and bottom line is this is a lead in into dark crisis the big crossover so um it's uh you know this you know if if you're interested in that i know lots of dc people are kind of uh trepidatious about it you know they they're not sure what to make of this dark crisis as being the latest crisis for dc to undergo um you know what, uh, what, Roddy, what what uh, PCN underscore Dirt would say is that DC has betrayed him with these events in the past, uh, but he's still a sucker for them in the early stages. So, you know, that, that tends to be what, um, you know, uh, uh, w- my attitude towards this, too, is just kind of we're, we're drawn in by the, uh, the concept and the early parts. And then we're just let down over the course of the, uh, the story. So, but, uh, let's see. Um, oh, and, 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 and something else that, uh, PC underscore, uh, underscore dirt mentioned that I would probably, uh, hardly agree with is that, um, the Justice League really isn't going to be completely dead or permanently dead after this. So, you know, it's, it's not, um. It's not going to be, it's it's not one of those permanent death things, or at least as permanent as comic book deaths are. Shout out to Uncle Ben. Next up is Hulk Grand Design Madness number one. This is a Jim Rugg um, project. You know, this is all Jim Rugg. And it is fun to do these, to go through these retrospectives. You know, this is x-men grand design but focused upon the hulk and his history and it's it's incredible to go through as someone who has read the hulk relatively consistently from the 90s until now there are definitely holes in my collection i don't have the most complete hulk collection i definitely started picking it up when peter david wrote it more consistently you know um you know before that, I was a little hit and miss, especially the first volume of this grand design book. Was you know, I contained a lot of story that I had like issues here and issues there, but not I wasn't that familiar with it. But this book had a ton of stuff in it that I was familiar with. It does not go all the way up to Immortal Hulk, it in fact only goes up to, um. I want to say uh, uh, World War Hulk and Red Hulk. Mm, Okay. So it doesn't go all the way to current times. Much like Grand Design didn't go all the way to current times. I believe ended right around the Jim Lee books. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, there, there definitely is a window to this Grand Design story that Jim Rugg was sticking to. But... Uh, my my one caveat: if you like Roddy Cat, have not read Hulk Future Imperfect, don't read this because it will spoil Hulk Future Imperfect. Go read Future Imperfect first, and then come back to this. Or you know, so go with that's, your that's 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 the one caveat I would give. You know, it would be nice if you read World War Hulk 2, but it's really only like a couple of pages of the story. You know, of this of this recap, but uh, you know it's. This is actually uh, a, a nice little uh, uh, it's a nice little study of the Hulk story up until this, you know, up to this particular point in the Hulks and the Hulk character's history. I think this is a really efficient way of telling the Hulk's origin. So if someone was uh, looking to read up on The Hulk up until, up until Immortal Hulk, these two issues, I think it would be a pretty good read for that person. All right, next up is Ms. Marvel Beyond the Limit, number five. I know that Roddy Cat read this. It's written by Samir Ahmed, with art by Andre Genolet and Zay Carlos. Colors are by Triona Farrell, and letters by our very own Lettering Python. VCs, Joe caramania so this issue is the resolution of this five issue limited series so there is lots of sciencing going on as well as magic because they do um need the aid of one sorcerer supreme but it's not clea and it's hard to figure out whether or not uh you know, where this this story kind of fits into the continuity of everything, you know, it's they could probably just easily say that this happened before the events of the most recent uh Doctor Strange stories. Mm-hmm. So um you know, it could just be that. You know, given, you know, given the fact that uh uh you know this 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 miniseries could just, you know, eat more, more easily than not, given that it's uh you know, and I hate to I hate to say this because it makes it sound like it's a waste of time, but it seems, at least at this point, relatively inconsequential. But the characters introduced in the series may come back at a later date. Uh, you know, we'll see. It seems like this is the first of a couple of limited series that are going to be put out over the summer as a lead up to the Ms. Marvel Disney Plus show. Yep. You have anything to add?
0: Um, yeah, on, I was just going to say on that note, which gets you pretty much already said it like, yeah, they do leave a thing open to that is going to get brought up in whatever uh, next, uh, limited series that they're going to have. But outside of that, yeah, I feel like they're still setting up the, the, the thing that I thought was going to happen did not happen in that they, uh, I believe we said at the last issue, they were going to change her uh power set to be more in line with the uh show that is coming but they have not done that yet i'm still thinking that's probably going to be a thing especially with some of the things that they uh brought up here it's kind of giving me more um more leeway to believe such even though you know you really can't go by it's it's just one-off things they mentioned quantum this and quantum that they mentioned the multiverse you know, I, Doctor Strange, you know, shows up also. So, you know, the cynical part of being like, OK, yes, we know this stuff is coming. So therefore, you know, sure, you had to throw that in there. But at the same time, it, it feels like it's, there's going to be a line going in there uh, in the next whatever next uh, thing comes out. That's going to end up changing her power set to like I believe it is. I'm hope to be wrong.
1: But, you know, we'll see. That's all I got to say. Alrighty. Next up is Punisher number two. It's written by Jason Aaron with pencils by Jesus Saiz, inks by Paul Zachetta, uh, collars by Dave Stewart. Letters are by VC's Corey Pettit. So if you thought this was going to be the only time this week that we would get an heretofore unknown part of an origin for a longtime Marvel character, if you we were only going to get one instance of that, you would be mistaken because we got it in Moon Knight and we get it here in the Punisher. This aspect of the Punisher's origin has been hinted at, but it also, you know, retcons a few things that we did not know about the Punisher character up until the point where, you know, we all know what the Punisher's main origin is, is that he was a veteran of some nebulous United States conflict comes back and his, uh, wife and kids are gunned down as the result of uh, mob, you know, uh, mafia, you know, not mo- yeah. in the in the Marvel Universe. It's the Magia. Right. But it's the mafia mafia activity. Right. That has been the origin of the Punisher for a long, long time. In this issue, we have a supplement to that origin, whether or not this is completely true obviously it's a big retcon because it involves the hand and that the hand has apparently been watching Frank castle for a long time. So, uh, you know, and, and basically, you know, not necessarily grooming him, but at least observing him, uh, for a long time and get and and they get to the point where they have him in their clutches, in a sense, under their influence, under their thumb, in this current Punisher series, there is a distinct reference here to something that came up in the pages of Civil War. Very indirect. It's a very indirect reference. But if you remember um, the, uh, the Malar uh, storylines in Civil War, uh, specifically the Punisher related stuff, you'll see how that is brought back in this issue. You know, it's a very indirect reference, but it's there. What's weird about this is that the hand is not the only supernatural-slash-godlike being running around in the pages of this book. And that's a little weird for the Punisher. Okay? So it's just a touch weird for the Punisher. But otherwise, I'm actually having a decent time reading this. I don't know about everyone else. It's definitely... Laid out some, uh, it, uh, I would say that Jason Aaron's done a, a a good job, at least in the second issue, of addressing some of our concerns as longtime readers. Similar to like, you know, uh, some of the problems that I had with like Sam Wilson taking up uh, the mantle of Captain America when he did in the comics and even in the MCU, and you know. It being implied that he could automatically, you know, throw the shield the way Steve Rogers could, you know, obviously in the, in the MCU, they did a better job of showing that he couldn't, you know, with the training montage. And even after that point, he still can't really throw it like Steve, but he can handle it better than he could when he started right in the comics. They didn't necessarily do the best job of that here in this Punisher book. He's running around with the hand, seemingly like a ninja and they actually do show a little bit of where the punisher stands with regard to his martial arts prowess when compared to other hand shinobi hand ninjas and you know why you know and 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 where the character is in relation to them in terms of his uh, martial arts capabilities and what he's looking to do in this new role that he's occupying uh, with the hand so i i kind of like that this issue did address that particular uh, that particular problem i had with the first issue and with the concept of this punisher story uh coming in all right next up is and and last for me uh, is Thor number twenty-four. This is written by Donnie Cates with several art teams on this book. There are uh, Roddy Cat, I believe, has the cover up for this issue. So, for those of yep. you who are with us right now on the video feed, and um. Oh, yeah, Roddy Cat's putting his hand up. I don't have the uh, the, the, the full fi- video feed up in front of me. But, yeah, he's got the cover-up. So there is a funeral in this issue. It is the funeral for an all-father. And if you have not been p- keeping up with this story, I understand. It's been, you know, it's it's been a long time coming. I've been reading this volume of Thor since Jump. I've been trying to get Roddy Cat to read it. He's not interested. He's got other things to read. But I think that this issue is a decent starting point to jump on, or at least to read one of the uh, the uh, the in-between stories, the um uh, that are that, that that comes up in the middle of this book. Um so let me see, you know, there are there are stories in here from Jason Aaron and Das Pastoris, Al Ewing and Lee Garbett, Dan Jurgens. Walt Simonson is the story that uh, I'm I'm stressing on. And J. Michael Straczynski and Olivier Coypel also show up for uh, a nice little uh, short story. Uh, Nick Klein is the artist on the, uh, you know, these are basically like bookend. uh, 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 Jason Aaron and Nick Klein basically do the bookend parts of this book. Where uh, they set up a framing device for these um, these middle stories that kind of occupy the bulk of the book, but um, you know it, it is the um, the funeral for uh, Odin, and I'm not spoiling anything that actually comes out of this book, but I will say that a lot of the uh, the stories seem to set up future storylines, as well as provide some deeper understanding for a fan favorite a favorite of this show beta ray build that is written and drawn by walt simonson and lettered by john workman and if you're familiar with that run on thor the, the simonson run on thor john workman did all the lettering and the lettering itself was like a character you know it had its own it provided its own uh 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 thing uh, extra atmosphere extra oomph to the um, to the story so you know I definitely recommend that Roddy Cat at least uh, flip through this book and take a look at the Beta Ray Bill story and that's it for me
0: okay Uh, for myself we start off with uh, Knights of X Number one, I kind of just kind of skimmed through this because I, while I did not forget too terribly much about how um, how uh, Excalibur ended, uh, luckily this way this this uh, this book kind of jogged a little bit of my memory of some things that happened. Anyway, or at least a couple things that happened. So, we'll, mics I, going up. Um, Well, it, I I suspect it probably won't for the recording, but, uh, but we'll find out, I guess. So, <clears throat> uh, you are going to have to bear with me from that. Cause I think I'm fine on, on this end. Uh, anyway, uh, so nice of X number one, uh, we see Excalibur still stuck in other world or, um, wait, is it other world? Uh, I always forget. Regardless, yes, other Uh, they have no backup because the gate to Krakor is gone. Uh, so is Betsy. Uh, a bunch of the uh, Captain Britain Corps. I think that was it. And she needs some help, so she tries to get some help from Saturnine, Nine, who's just all kind of cranky. Uh, but then she goes to Roma, uh, who sends her on a quest. And uh, with this quest, she has to gather uh uh ten compatriots which she ends up going to do not as, as I think Gambit or somebody brings it up is like wait this is not a tournament or anything <laughs> uh, to which to which uh, his fears were or were, were put aside were were uh were you know satisfied basically but uh apparently uh Betsy and crew end up going uh on a quest to find a familiar gem, or a familiar um, thing, let's just say, when you're dealing with Otherworld and Saturnine and um, therein, from from X-Men folks would know what this thing is that they're looking for, that they just figured out they, they had to look for at the end of this book. Um, and actually, I forgot to give the, the, the creative team, which consists of writer Tenya Howard, uh, art by Bob Quinn, Uh, color artist Eric Arseniega, and letters by BC's Ariana Mar. So yeah, if you're still interested in in that stuff with the uh, Excalibur crew, check that out. Uh, Next book is Godzilla vs. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number two. That that was my best uh, Godzilla. I know you liked it. Um, There you go.
1: That works. <laughs> As I, thought. I thought you were gonna do uh, uh, more, more uh, Mighty Morphin Power Ranger stuff. I, you know, I could have, but you know, nah. Shout but out to uh, William Bruce West.
0: Indeed, indeed. So, um, in this issue, we have the um, the meeting of uh, Godzilla. And the uh, the original Power Rangers, and they get into a scrap, of course. So basically, it's uh, Godzilla versus uh, the Megazord, or A.K.A. Well, I can't even call him Mecha Godzilla because he's not Mecha Godzilla. But basically, it's a kaiju big battle. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well say it. it's Pacific Rim, kinda. It's the original Pacific Rim, uh, and it goes a, a kind of a way you know which i guess could be expected because this is a mini series and it, you know you it can only go one way when there when, when you still have like three more three or four more uh issues to go uh and of course it comes to find out that the 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 raider the the raiders the rangers found out that they were uh, mistaken about our, our boy godzilla um to which they tend to go after the the, the perpetrators um um involved and then they end up getting into another uh, Zord fight with, with Kaiju. So, yeah, two, two, two Kaiju battles for the price of one in this issue. Or at least the start of a second one in this issue. Because, uh, yeah, it doesn't look too good for um, for those rangers at the end of this. But, of course, you know, cliffhangers be what they are. Yeah. It's fun. It's a fun book. Y- if you like those two properties together... I don't know how this is going to end out, but the first couple of issues have been all right so far. Uh, Next book is... Did that one? Trial of the Amazons, which was part two of two, which I believe ends um, this with the exception of the uh, Coronation of Nubia, which I believe is coming out like next week or so. I believe that ends this particular um, event uh, in the Wonder Woman universe. Um, and the the script is by book. There's a lot of people on this book. Uh, script by Blake, Becky Clunan, Michael Conrad, Vida Ayala, Stephanie Williams, and Joel Jones. Art by, excuse me, uh, Elena Casagrande, Lara Braga, Skylar Patridge, uh, Adriana Melo and Joel Jones. Colors by Romelo Faj- Fajardo Jr. and Jordi Belair. Letters by Pat Prusso, uh, and that's that. So yeah, like I said, it's all hands on deck for the Amazons who are going up against chaos, who uh, pretty much came out of the, de- uh, the Dooms doorway or de- uh, yeah, Dooms doorway, um, and all three uh, sects of um, Amazonians have banded together and fighting them um, off. But they need some weapons and they get some armory and and they, and, and they kind of go and fight the fight. And they come together, and at the end, win the day. But not without some a couple of losses. Um, and, um... I guess not to spoil this, but it, it was going to happen at some point. Um, Yara Flar, which is the new uh, Wonder Girl, gets her title from this, from Diana, which was a nice moment. Which was a funny moment, realistically, because she was giving her shit the whole time she was doing it. Um, and then, of course, we, we see at the end where... Um, I guess Nubia is going to end up, uh, uh, well, she's already queen, but she's, uh, getting officially coronated at some point in the future, which is like another week from now, there was also a funny moment with, a um, with a certain army they went into, but I won't give that up with, especially with the name of it. I was like, really? That's funny. All right. And, but we also see, um, a couple of classes come into play or at least get mentioned like the invisible jet and that one armor from wonder woman 1984 That's that's uh that has shown up uh they make an appearance in this thing so I was like okay nice touches here and there but yeah if you've been keeping up with this um with this event this uh this insatisfactorily i believe uh last book for me is aquaman Number three. Um, And if you see by the cover, yes, that is the Bat-Signal. But surprisingly enough, actually, hold on for a second. Script by Chuck Brown and Brandon Thomas. Art by Max Rayner. Colors by Hi-Fi and letters by Andalora Design. So, yeah. Jackson ends up going to Gotham. He meets up with a member of the Bat-Family, but uh, not the one you would think would show up in this book. (laughs) Or would show up at all, given given the bat signal, or given any batness going on. Um, but the second, uh, the other part of that is we still have the uh, team up between uh, Arthur and uh, Black Manta, and is trying to get to the bottom of that, to which she's kind of gotten away to do uh, on her for on on her own, and that's kind of coming to a thing. Uh, but also this. The plot of this uh event kind of shares a little bit with the, uh, the recent events of black panther in that there are sleeper agents and that's about as far as it goes so there's a couple of things that are kind of going on here um and i'm not sure how much longer this event i think well actually the the aquaman series is like probably another three two or three uh issues and i'm not sure if it's tying into any other books but um you still got a couple of issues to go to, to kind of resolve what's going on in this, uh, this thing. But like I said, so far it's been kind of interesting. Um, I've been kind of curious as to, uh, if what's, if this has been building up to anything, if any, if anything that it is doing. So, uh, but we shall see. And with that, that is the end of my books. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Uh, well, we got one. Which we do. Is, uh, Berserker from Dirt. Berserker, Berserker. My love for you is like Berserker.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so, so I was talking about what PCN underscore Dirt mentioned to us off, you know, uh, in, in our, um, in our uh, group chat. And uh, I just want to make sure I don't don't miss anything. Yeah, so basically... Uh, PCN underscore dirt liked this Berserker book. He says that the story took a really odd turn... Which is what, you know, uh, uh, paralleling what I said. It actually took two, uh, two weird turns. And he says he has no idea where it's going... But he's certainly looking forward to finding out. It's a bit light to read... Because it was mostly visual, so I, I'm inclined to agree with all of uh, PCN underscore Dirt's points on this book, but uh, I did enjoy that. But it is not my click of the week, but it is his. Ye. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any uh, ideas on yours? Because I think I know what I'm going to go with. So I, I'll, I'll give you some time if you need it, it. But I think I know what I'm going to go with. Do it. I'm going to go with Thor number 24 because it was just chock full of great stories. You know, it was great to see Walt Simonson throw in the uh, the, the Beta Ray Bill stuff. But it was a nice, you know, overall book. You know, there, there was, a, you know, Dan Jurgens had a, a short story. J. Michael Straczynski had a short story. It was just really nice to see all of these uh, creators who had lengthy runs on Thor have... Uh, something to contribute to this anniversary issue even though it's not like number 25 it ends up being number 24 but I think in the legacy numbering um, let me see what it is in the legacy numbering
0: 750
1: I feel like it's got to be something big on the legacy number I just have to click past all the way back to the cover because they usually have that stuff on the cover oh 750 so it's issue number 750 overall for Thor and that's uh, my click of the
0: Week. Well, for myself, I'm going to go with... Uh, Let me put that up there real quick. Bing. Ooh, that was dumb. I hate these covers. There we go.
1: So uh, your audio completely s- cut
0: out just now. <clears throat> testing, testing. All right, you're back okay. for now. Okay. Great. Um, I'm sure I probably haven't left the uh, the, the folks at home, though. Uh, Trial of the Amazons number two. I'm going with that. Cool. Yeah, it was, it was a good book. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I will say, okay, and that's not going to fly. So we're just going to go ahead and get into the news section, but first an ad read.
1: Alright, our first ad readers for Funko, Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise such as their custom DIY pop figures. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code shop 10 S H O P 10 for your 10% off discount. funco through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news.
0: And we get into the. Send back news like we do every uh, week around this time. Starting off with. Yeah, one division star Paul Bettany teases his Marvel return, and by that he says stuff, but he really doesn't say a whole whole lot. Um, says here that uh, it stands a reason that uh, the Victor actor Vision actor will be back in the poll at some point, but the question is when will that occur? Uh, he was asked, uh, and he says, um. Oh wait. That's what basically says that uh the Doctor Strange movie presents the an opening for uh Vision to come back into play, but Paul Bettney says, Absolutely not, not for any kind of money at all. I can't even think of a figure, he joked. But uh he said the honest answer to that is maybe uh it's not well, it's the answer he's gonna give in that you'll have to cope with it. And uh he basically says that vision fell off at the end uh of um of uh, WandaVision and you know sure he knows he's coming back he just don't know when or where like I said he says something but doesn't really say a whole line because right. the, Marvel sni- the Marvel Snipers are out there
1: next up okay next up Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness I've heard it called Doctor Strange Mom <laughs> 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 the scribe for the movie reveals how the film impacts Loki season 2 so, um, according to Michael Waldron via the playlist, uh, it does indeed impact Loki season two quote, the headaches I have are probably, probably intertwined. I mean, it's all intertwined and it's all stand alone and it all, and it's all stands alone. Like a great comic universe. I think that one thing certainly informs the other. Waldron reveals you're going to have a better time watching the next chapter of an MCU story. If you've seen this stuff before it. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Hmm. so that's fine it's all
0: connected uh, yep. Disney shows extended looks at Lightyear and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness so CinemaCon happened uh, this past weekend uh, in fact you will hear some other news uh, later on down the line in, in, in about some other stuff but basically uh, there was an extended look like I said um, for that Pixar movie about Buzz Lightyear that Chris Evans is voicing. Uh, and of course there was another look at Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And uh I think though both of those are out there if you so choose to want to check those out. But since um one of those movies is coming out next month, I mean next week, excuse me, yeah, you know, you may or may not want to hold out. That's specifically on you. And I guess, while I'll go ahead and say this right now, uh, next week we're going on um, uh, Movie Protocol, because at the very least, one of us is going to be watching uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness on the night of the show we record.
1: Yes, that's me! So we will be under Movie Protocol. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll mention it again at the end of the show, and we'll definitely put it in our social media mm-hmm. leading up to next Thursday. But we're definitely going to be on movie protocol for next Thursday. Um, I will be at opening night for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Next up. All righty. Next up, uh, the groovy 1978 Doctor Strange movie not the not the latest one but the one from 1978 is coming to blu-ray so this is long before the MCU and uh this is a made for this was a made for TV movie simply titled Doctor Strange which was very loosely based on the comics and it is now coming to blu-ray from the folks at Shout Factory uh it is very 70s it also involves um a version of uh, Morgan Le Fay, mm-hmm. um, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, lots of Doctor Strange's crazy stuff in the seventies. You know, because it, it was probably one of the easier things that they could try to translate back then from page to screen. Sure. You know, magic.
0: Sure, but it was also made for TV uh, TV, so it the budgets were not. Yeah, it's
1: not going to have a lot. Of, yeah, it's, it's not going to have that kind of budget.
0: Yeah, so. if if you've watched any uh, episodes of Incredible Hulk, or that Incredible Hulk Thor thing that they did, or or any of Seventy Spider Man, you know. But then again, you would have to be of a certain vintage, unless you happen to find them somewhere yes.
1: out there. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, listen to me. The favorite, my favorite parts of the Incredible Hulk TV show were the 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 the, the opening credits, the ending music, when uh, the lonely man. Music and the transformation scenes. Everything else was just filler.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Uh,
1: what I don't
0: didn't remember or I don't think I've ever seen this Doctor Strange movie, but I what uh, what it's saying here that apparently Jessica Walter, may she rest in peace, uh folks may know her as the voice of Mallory Archer from from Archer, and um also uh Arrest of Development um played Morgan Le Fay. <laughs> So that's an interesting note. It doesn't say how low. does say how much this thing is. No, it does not. But hey, you can go check it, go pre-order it on the uh right now as of this recording. Next up. Oh wait, that's you. I mean that's me. Excuse me. Hold on a second. Let me 2698. That was how much it was. Uh Guardians of the Galaxy, uh James Gunn explains why Drax backstory had to change. Uh, and basically he says that, well, he had a bunch of people from earth already, so he didn't want to, oh, he had uh, uh, enough people from earth already, I guess, (laughs) which realistically, like Quill was the only one from earth. Like he, they could have went with the original drag story, but Hey, there's sure. I guess they would have had to explain that, but it is what it is. But, like I said, he didn't... Uh, Cord to did this, he says, I didn't want to make a space opera with a dozen Earthlings who just coincidentally found themselves in space. How can I even explain that in the first uh, hour and 20 minutes of a movie? I wanted a group of aliens and orphans from different planets who banded together. Sure.
1: Next up. That's... I mean, listen, that's fine. You hmm. know? Even though for... Like I... You know, like like we said before, you know, for those of us who have... uh been reading for for a long time and and seeing the character grow from his original story to where they are now. Yeah, it it, it kind of you know it kind of sucks that they they do away with that for Drax, but you know at the end of the day, it's still you know <clears throat> his his main driving force is still to take out Thanos. So you know th- sure. there's th- that part is, that part remains. Mm-hmm. All righty, next up. Marvel Studios debuted the first footage from Black Panther Wakanda Forever at uh, Cinemacon. And most details on Black Panther Wakanda Forever have remained under wraps, but uh, they did show footage that um, it featured a short of Shuri, Okoye, and Nakia united at the front lines of a battle. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, like I said, I can't remember. Some of that stuff might be out there in one way, shape, or form, uh, but I think some of that stuff doesn't necessarily get out publicly at this point. <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> Keith David wants what well, well, Keith David wants to play Beta Ray Bill in the MCU. Um, so, responding to a fan on Twitter who asked whether David would be open to voicing Beta Ray Bill in the MCU, the actor responded enthusiastically. In a New York minute, uh, wrote uh, David expressing his excitement at playing a CGI take on the Marvel Alien. Um, don't know if the Marvel Studios is gonna have Beta Ray Bill at any point, according to this. And apparently, uh, Keith David had a cameo in Thor Ragnarok, but it was cut from the film. Hmm. So, get that, get that man, Beta Ray Bill. The man got the voice. <laughs> Uh, Next up.
1: So, interestingly, at CinemaCon, Mm -hmm. Phil Lord and Chris Miller revealed the first 15 minutes of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, as well as Part 2's title. So, uh, you know, this was work in progress preview footage, and uh, they revealed that Part 2... Is going to be titled Spider Man, Spider Man Beyond the Spider Verse. Yeah, I don't want to go into this any any potential spoilers for Across the Spider Verse. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Next up, uh, Sony announces El Muerto, a Spider Man spinoff, starring Bad Bunny as Marvel's first live action Latino lead. Who's better?
1: Little...
0: I was wondering why you pulled that, and now I understand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, but yeah. I mean, so... all right. Go go ahead with the story, and then I'll I'll I'll, I'll comment more.
0: Uh, but yeah, so uh, there's going to be a so uh, just like I said, Spider-Man spin-off called El Mer El Mert- Merto Marito, I know how to do it. Approach me. Uh, Bad Bunny's gonna star, um, and it's going to be said to be released in theaters January twelfth, twenty twenty four. I still don't know who Bad Bunny is. Apparently, he was in Fast Nine, um, and then the article goes into who El Marito is.
1: Um, sure. What do you have to say? All right, so, I a couple of notes here. Okay. One, Bad Bunny is apparently like one of the leading touring musicians out there right now. Sure. You know, he's very popular. I think he was in, you know, I, I've seen bits of him. I don't, I, don't I, I can't say that I've ever heard his music. But um, uh, I want to say, is it reggaeton? I want to say it's reggaeton with like a a, a touch more hip hop, I think. Hmm. Okay. But. You know, that's, that, that's the extent of my knowledge of uh, Bad Bunny's music. So I had a problem with this because it's just Sony continuing to milk that Spider-Man related character license. Because mm-hmm. they don't want to give it up because they don't have any other movies and they just don't want to give it back to Marvel. On the other hand, mm-hmm. I don't think Marvel would ever put this character out on its own. On their own yeah that's probably true you also. know with if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Sony you know in its desperation, trying to put out as much stuff as possible now it makes sense that they would try to do something that appeals to a different demographic mm-hmm. and maybe they'll make some money by drawing in you know the Hispanic demographic you know at the very least the puerto Rican demographic I don't know you know uh, if the character will. Uh, appeal, you know, maybe because the, the character does have a, a a lucha libre style mask, maybe there'll be uh, you know Mexican wrestling wrestling fans who who try to jump in on this, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I you know maybe they're looking to make up their money on on this by by appealing to that particular demographic as opposed to just the superhero fan demographic. And surprise, surprise, I actually own this character's first appearance. I was very surprised to see when this character first appeared and to check my collection. I was like, "I own this, oh my God, it's very much like that digger character that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> this character's been around for a long time, indeed,
0: indeed yeah i I could go into like yeah there's like yes, that what you said about them trying possibly could be appealing to the Latin market then yes uh or Puerto Rican market could be a thing with this. Um and I'm thinking these spin-offs, man. Say again
1: your your mic went out again.
0: Uh these spinoffs are crazy. Uh, that's that's yeah. the, the bottom line.
1: Yeah, and El Muerto appeared in friendly neighborhood Spider Man number six in two thousand in two thousand six. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> It's not like even Spider Gwen, who appeared in the relatively recent you know, in the last decade.
0: You know what I mean? And, and see, that's where I was actually going to go with this. They could have done a Spider Gwen. I know they had had plans for something or other, whatever the case may be. There could have been a Spider Gwen movie. Could be a could have been a Silk movie going on. Could have been a Spider Woman movie happening. Like there's they have other they had other places to go than s- some offshoot characters, one-off characters. Right. So, that silver and gold, the, uh, the silver and black thing, the the, the um, silver saver black cat thing that apparently is gone now. Could have done that.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's Sony, though. It's so hard to figure out what they're doing. Yeah. You know, they, they have one reliable, they honestly have one reliable thing that's Miles, but they're doing it animated style. Right. Because yeah. they know it works. That's That's the thing. Like, it's hard to fault them on that. They know it works. They know people will come to watch that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: I'm moving right along. If I get depressed, I'm just listen. I'm just as depressed for a different reason because Sony won't give it up. They put out Morbius, and just enough people went to see it for them to be like, "Hey, let's keep it going. Let's keep this train rolling." Yeah. <laughs> you know, apparently Sony just you know you know what they can't do? You can't handle the truth. Oops.
0: No, not trying to give him a cash
1: cow. Yeah. So, all right, moving on. Oh, is it my turn? Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, with the El Muerto. (laughs) (laughs) The next Venom and Ghostbusters film were officially announced at CinemaCon. So, while there were not many details given, Sony also officially announced the next Venom and Ghostbusters films. No release dates were given, but they were confirmed in a sizzle reel from Sony that also shared a few seconds of footage from Craven the Hunter, uh, again, with the Sony Marvel license. Yeah.
0: Uh, Young Justice reveals a major Green Lantern, the, ad- the animated series Connection. Uh, this is a spoiler for the most recent episode, apparently. So there
1: was but it's okay, spoil the hell out of it
0: yeah, I wouldn't know this character anyway So, and I never watched that, um, that Green Lantern thing uh, it's on HBO Max, I guess I could but apparently um, the character of Razor which was an original character that was made for the Green Lantern animated series shows up in Young Justice so Ooh. yeah, exactly <laughs> I agree yeah, yeah So apparently he was a, he was a red lantern who became a red and blue hybrid lantern.
1: I mean, was, was he, you know, saying, say hello to the bad guy, (laughs) you know, rest in peace, Razor Ramon. Uh,
0: yes. Uh, but I, I have no idea. I saw a picture of this character and I'm like, okay, sure. If you say so, (laughs) So yeah, there you go. There's that. Some I'm sure there's somebody who, who watched that Green Lantern show and know who that is. So next up. Uh
1: DC showcase. Constantine, the house of mystery, is out this May on Blu-ray. Uh, the new release contains four animated shorts: Commandi, The Last Boy on Earth, The Losers, and Blue Beetle. And in its public debut, Constantine, the House of Mystery. Okay. Uh, let's see here. So these are all shorts. The losers is not the um, uh, the not one the with um... oh who's in that loser's movie?
0: Uh, Idris Elba, Chris Evans, yes. um, uh, Zoe Saldana—pretty much uh, Marvel staples at this point,
1: with the exception of right, right, uh, right, Idris right, Abel. right, right. Yeah, that was the re- that was the reimagined future uh, or, or like current time version. This is the original w- World War II version of the losers. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. So yeah, this is available on Blu-ray on May second with digital download on May third, and I'm looking for a price, but it doesn't have one.
0: Probably like twenty, yeah,
1: twenty, twenty-five,
0: something like that. Yeah. So, next up, though. Next up, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi director explains why Darth Maul was never put a part of the series. So, speaking with uh, Total Film, Deborah Chow spoke uh, recently to uh, spoke to recently debunked rumors that Darth Maul was axed from the final cut of the series. "Quote," uh, as long as I've been involved, we've never had Darth Maul in any of it," explained Chow. Dave Filoni did a wonderful job telling that story already. Uh, likely referring to Maul's story arcs in both um, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and Rebels. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, apparently people were thinking, people were saying that uh, Darth Maul may or may not appear uh, in, in obi for Kenobi for another, for another run. And uh, that is not the case. And Deborah Child's like, nah, we had no, we
1: had no plans for it. Next up. That's fine by me. Yeah. I I agree with her take. Yeah. That, you know, that Filoni told Maul's story, you know, to completion, spoiler alert for Clone Wars. Right. Maybe went a little farther than it needed to. is
0: me. Yeah. Rebels. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Rebels. So. Well, we have to include the, did you, you finished all of Clone Wars, right? Even the new stuff. Uh not the new stuff, but yes, I did finish. Uh, I, was about to, I was about to say you gotta
0: finish the new stuff. Yeah, because no, because I know what, he that's, shows that's up. That's what again. I was thinking of. Right, because he right. shows up again. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, I know. So
1: but um but next up, the next Star Wars animated anthology is called Tales of the Jedi. If Star Wars Visions is any indication, we're apparently in for a treat and that is editorializing on the part of GameSpot. <laughs> uh let's see here. Lucasfilm is working on another animated anthology, according to a panel description from the upcoming Star Wars Celebration event. On Saturday, May 28th at 2.30pm, author Amy Ratcliffe and Lucasfilm Creative Executive Director Dave Filoni will host a panel for Tales of the Jedi, which the official panel listing describes as Tales of the Jedi Animated Anthology Shorts. The description does not offer any other details about the anthology aside from those three words. It could be a direct successor to Star Wars Visions, or it could be something completely different and we don't know so we'll see shout out to stevie wonder for three these three
0: words um yeah so the reason why this wasn't in or nearing the um the anime section is because yeah we don't as this article says if we don't know if it's going to be like visions or they're going to go through it with a new art style or something but i guess we'll find out um then how that's going to turn out or what they're going to do Fremantle graphic novel publisher AWA Studios strikes development deal for TV projects. Uh so Fremantle has struck a strategic development deal with AWA Studios, that's Artists Writers and Artisans, um that will allow Fremantle to collaborate and develop a slate of TV projects based on AWA's expanding live IP library. The graphic uh, pu- fiction publisher and entertainment studio was founded in 2018 by Marvel alumni Bill Jemis and uh, Axel Alonso and uh, John Miller. Under the pack, the two companies will collect, collaborate closely on all aspects, quote unquote, of the partnership with uh, Fremantle leading on uh, basically putting up the money. So. Cool. Good for them. I don't know what AWA. Well, we I guess we have talked about some AWA, AWA stuff uh, sometime in the past, but good on them.
1: Next up. Ooh, I get the great news. John Wick 4 and Bale's <laughs> first look at <clears throat> Keanu Reeves' return. A new promotional image for John Wick Chapter 4 features the return of Keanu Reeves' eponymous assassin armed with a gun as flowers fall all over him. So, um, this was at CinemaCon 2022, uh, you know, the, this is, um, actually we have the full title of the movie right now. It's John Wick chapter four Hagakure. And if you're not familiar with what that is, it's actually the title of a book of, uh, you know, it's, it's not, um, it's not a memoir per se, but it's a book by, uh, Yamamoto Tsunetomo and it's about Samurai. And it's a spiritual guide for a warrior. I've actually never... I think I own a copy of it and still haven't cracked it open on my Kindle, so.
0: I mean, it's no Ghost Dog, The Way cool. of the Samurai, but, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's
1: also not that Gwen Stefani thing, so. I'm just, <laughs> just going to keep moving. I'm just happy to see that, you know, John Wick is, is uh, you know... It's weird because... Parabellum. Did you watch all the way through to Parabellum? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so you know, this is a, a little bit of sidetracking here, but the the John Wick franchise gets so violent in three. It's like, so where did they go for four? But then they did, you know. Th- there's a a, a a big twist in the story in three, and I think that's what they're going to play off of. Yes. For four and going forward. Yes. Much like
0: the another franchise that we will talk about in a few. Um yep. Warner Brothers and JJ Abrams are working on a live action Hot Wheels movie. Let that sink in. Hot Wheels. Um it's but, leading the way. Yeah, oh jeez. Um
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but yeah, JJ uh, Abrams is a bad robot is partnering with Warner Brothers live action there's um Apparently, yeah. With that, there's really not much to say about that. It's a press press release, and uh, as uh, the film is described as a showcase of some of the world's hottest and sleekest cars, monster trucks, and motorcycles. Hot Wheels. Hot, leading the way, folks. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's. A th- you know what, just let that sink in, Keep and
1: uh, we're going to go from there. With? So Margot Robbie's Barbie sets the 2023 release date and unveils a first-look photo. So Barbie's parking her pink convertible in U.S. theaters on July 21st, 2023. Uh, Margot Robbie plays the titular role, and, ha- and the movie has a star-studded supporting cast. That's crazy. It has uh, Ryan Gosling, Kate McKinnon, Alexander Shipp, America Ferreira, Simu Liu, and just like that, actor Harry Neff and Will Ferrell, also co-star in the reimagining of Barbie's world. And it's directed by Greta Gerwig.
0: Yep. She's a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sing the rest of it.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's also... You no, know, She uh, Greta Gerwig, I have to note... Also wrote the, co-wrote the script with her partner, Noah Baumbach. These are all like really, these creators have a very indie, uh, strong indie reputation. Right. So it's interesting because you, you're going to have to guess that this is not going to be a straight play on Barbie. There's going yeah. to be some subversion. There's going to be some twists that, you know, that these indie filmmakers are going to bring to this story.
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to be uh, just a popcorn film. Mm -hmm. Although it may... (laughs) It may indirectly be. Um, Justin Lin is exiting uh, the director's chair of Fast X. A.K.A. Fast 10. But he will remain as producer. Um, So yeah, apparently filming has already been underway. And this came out like a day or two of this recording. Um, I did see... Well that might've been uh, another new story uh, of a similar thing from someplace else. But there was a picture of uh, Vin Diesel and Justin Lin together. And somebody was like, Justin Lin looked like he was uh, being held hostage. Like right. Ways. <laughs> so that was kind of funny, but yeah, so apparently um, they are parting ways. Uh, Justin Lin and, the, and, and fast, uh, fast and furious franchise for creative differences. Uh tend to get you 20 it probably has something to do with Vin Diesel, but that's just oh, I
1: was about to say, that's a sucker bet. Yeah, <laughs> I, was I wasn't sure if you were going to mention that. Oh, I was yes, going to add on his commentary. So, if you have anything else to, to add to the story, go on and then I'll jump in with commentary. So, uh, it says, uh, I'll just read his quote here it says, With
0: the support of Universal, I've made the decision, the difficult decision to step back as director of Fast X while remaining with the project as producer. Uh, and he goes on to say, over 10, 10 years and 5 films, we've been able to shoot the best actors, the best stunts, and the best damn car chases. On a personal note, as a child of Asian immigrants, I'm proud to, uh, of helping to build the most diverse franchise in movie history. Uh, I will forever be grateful to the amazing cast, crew, and studio for their support and welcoming me to Into the Fast Family.
1: End quote. Right. That's say? all nice. All well and good. <laughs> All well and good. Mm-hmm. I have now zero hope for this franchise. If Justin Lin is not directing,
0: I mean, there's, a, there's not much left. There's only what this movie and the next movie, right? So it's, it's right. Yeah. You know,
1: so right. gonna... but at least we were. You know, at least with Justin Lin at the helm, we at least have the hope of a cohesive ending. It may not make a lot of sense, but at least be cohesive. I mean, he'll still have some say. He's still producing, so he'll, you know... Yeah, but he's not directing. I know. know. That creative differences... And there's only one person that everyone on this franchise seems to have creative differences with. Mm -hmm. One person. Mm -hmm. One. Mm -hmm. One person, folks. Mm -hmm. You don't have to guess. Roddy Cat already said who it is. Mm -hmm. So... You know, it, it's it it's just mind boggling to me. I'm like, how you know, like what part of this dude doesn't get that, you know, you know, you have to get along with folks that, you know, maybe these folks have the franchise's best you know, best interests at heart. Maybe they're the ones who are right and you're not.
0: Or it could now to be fair, could be the other way around. I, I'm not it could I'm not but I doubt I'm not it. holding yeah, I'm not holding out that being the case, but it, there there is a chance that it
1: could be, you know. Could be the other way around, so right and and, and you know and, and as a fan of the series as a whole and obviously you know Justin Lin could not save Fast Nine, you know <laughs> he couldn't do it, you know Fast Nine was just just Fast Nine, yeah. but it was nice seeing you know it was nice seeing you know like all the characters come back, but you know it, it was my hope that he was going to finish out the, the 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 ending trilogy of ten and and ten point five. Right, you know but uh, it's it, it's going to be tough for me to, to kind of stomach this now
0: I mean let's face it I, and I know what I'm about to say is sacrilege and I also love these films but let's face it these movies are not high art these are pretty much dumb popcorn fun blackbustery you know dumb popcorn movies uh, mm-hmm. I stress the fact fun but you know I, I'm not I wasn't expecting F nine was pretty much how I expected it, given the rest of them. Yeah, your Man. mic is going out again. Well, yeah, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. But yeah, I'm not All expecting right. that much. Uh, that much out of the next two, either way. Even with Justin Lin was a part of them, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean,
1: I had like I said that that's just yeah, that 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 definitely gives me pause. Right. It gives me pause, and <laughs> and obviously it, it kind of lends. More credence to what The Rock said about his uh, departure from the franchise. Yeah, true, true. So, right, right next on. up, Ghost in the Shell SAC underscore twenty forty five movie drops a new trailer for it's a Netflix debut. So, if you are still paying for your Netflix subscription or have someone else's password, Netflix has dropped an official trailer for Ghost in the Shell SAC or SAC. Underscore 2045, Sustainable War, which reimagines Ghost in the Shell. Uh, SAC 2045, Season 1 as a movie. Okay.
0: You've never watched uh, Standalone Complex? Mm,
1: nope. Huh. I've, I've watched the original Ghost in the Shell.
0: That's it. Right. It's well, yeah because there was that and then was, they had another movie Innocence, and then they had a TV uh, show called Standalone Complex and that went like two seasons or something like that and then this is like prequels or something like that I can't remember what the hell but um, uh, yeah I, I have not watched none of these uh, Netflix ones but uh, all I will say is like hey we are now uh, firmly implanted in Anime Corner
1: by the way oh well look at that uh, give me a second.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Dragon Ball Super teases Red Ribbon Army's mysterious super weapon. It looks like the Death Star. Um, but a new magazine preview once again hints that the Red Ribbon Army have another secret up their sleeves in Dragon Ball Super Superhero. The latest issue of manga magazine V Jump uh, provides another look at the latest Dragon Ball movie. Uh, preview pages were scanned by uh, Twitter folks. Um, uh, let's just say they're Dragon Ball Super fans. I'm not even going to give the uh, the thing or fans. I don't know about how super they are, but hey. Anyway, in addition to going over Piccolo's new transformation and his undercover mission at the Red Ribbon Army uh, Army headquarters, the magazine once again discussed the mysterious machine at the center of the Red Ribbon Army's new base, uh, which is apparently preparing uh, another threat to the Earth's heroes besides the two new android warriors. Um, so yeah. That's it. Next up. Army.
1: Yes, there it is. All right. Next up, so uh, Wit Studio, the company behind the Attack on Titans first three seasons and newer hits like Spy X, Spy X Family, uh, celebrates its tenth anniversary, and it announced a special anniversary exhibition. Uh, the announcement was posted. Alongside art of characters from some of Wit Studio's most famous works, including Vivy, favor- uh, Fluorite Eyes' the song, The Great Pretender, oh, a bunch of stuff I don't recognize, and uh, the studio's newest hit, the anime adaptation of Spy X Family, which is being produced in collaboration with CloverWorks. I have not watched Spy X Family yet. Have you? Yes, it's good. I like it.
0: i okay. even read a couple of um, couple of chapters of the manga, which pretty much taken, ripped pretty directly from. Uh, so far anyway. It's only 3 actually I'm, I haven't watched the re- most recent. I think it's uh 3 episodes. I don't, I've watched 2. So, it's good. It's it's funny. Um uh, Ranking of Kings is another one I know people like. I have heard people like but I've never seen it myself. That the studio also does. So that's cool. Um next up, Black Clover goes on. Oh, we're going over into um um Uh, comic book news, but we're still staying in the anime corner. Yes, sir.
1: Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice.
0: Uh, Black Clover goes on hiatus to prepare for series finale. So, uh, according to, um, a report by Weekly Shonen Jump News, unofficially, um... Well, it says, unofficial, the latest issue of Weekly Shonen Jump confirms that the popular fantasy series will take a three-month hiatus to allow creator uh, Yuki Tabata time to rest and prepare for the series' last act. Uh, In a statement published in the magazine, Tabata confirms that the series' next story arc will indeed be its last. Excuse me. And states that the original, um, that the creators originally did not want to take a break on the series, but Shonen Jump's editorial team advised him to do so because mangaka uh, can burn out, and you don't want that. So that's good, regardless of which way it went. Normally, you would have think it would have gone the other way around. um, But regardless, a return date for the series has not been announced, but the hiatus is expected to last three months.
1: Next up. Next up, the May issue of Square Enix's Big Gangan magazine revealed on Monday that both the Star Wars Visions anthology anime and the Mandalorian spin-off series for the Star Wars franchise will have manga adaptations that will debut in the magazine's next issue on May 25th. So that is next month for people who uh, want to uh, see if they can obtain a copy of this. Yeah.
0: Uh, speaking of uh, Star Wars news, check out the Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2022 battle schedule. Um, so yeah, it's out there on StarWars.com. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure you um, a lot of people have seen it behind. If you did not know, uh, Star Wars Celebration is you know their week and weekly, their yearly um, uh, one of their actually because there's two, but one of their yearly um, Star Wars uh, based. Uh, conventions uh, a lot of news usually comes out of there and uh, this one should be no exception the aforementioned news about that uh new the um star wars uh anthology is among the panels uh listed here and of course there's a bunch of other which i won't go through but it's uh some stuff that i'm sure people will love to see next up wait Attack of the clones 20th anniversary oh
1: god anyway next up Strangers in Paradise spin-off Parker Girls has been announced after weeks of speculation award-winning cartoonist Terry Moore has officially announced that his next comic book project will be Parker Girls, a spin-off of his long-running series Strangers in Paradise. Moore released the covers of the series' first issue featuring a woman on a beach, her skirt parting to depict the Parker Lily, a tattoo of a Lily that the Darcy Parker's criminal underlings the Parker Girls were forced to get in Strangers in Paradise, suggesting... That the spin-off will be set in the world of organized crime. Who the main characters will be and whether they will be characters fans already know is not yet clear. Okay. She's a Parker girl in a Parker world. Oh that's that's the second time we use that particular uh <laughs> reference.
0: You're welcome. Um <laughs> guess spoiler alert for what last week's booster blue and gold uh so booster gold's longest running mystery is finally solved it has something to do with the black beetle i have not been reading that book so i have no idea i know who black beetle is but i don't know what they would have to well guess because of blue beetle duh um so sure there you go you can read that at your leisure though
1: next All right, let's see here. Um, Green Arrow's son, Connor Hawk, is set to come out as asexual in the new DC Pride comic. So in the upcoming DC Pride 2022 anthology, uh, Connor Hawk is going to uh, come out as asexual. Um, A new report from them confirms that a story involving Connor Hawk, the son of Oliver Queen, Green Arrow and the second person to hold the Green Arrow mantle will appear in DC Pride 2022. The story, which will be titled Think of Me, will be structured around Connor composing a coming out letter to his mother in which he reveals he is asexual. Okay. Sure. Uh, Speaking of DC Pride, DC Pride
0: 2022 will make an iconic animated Batman villain canon. Um, and that would be the villain, Music Meister. So apparently, it has, uh, has to do- uh,
1: wait a second. Ooh.
0: <laughs> so apparently, as it turns out, that's going to that is connected to that last story, and it's going to be just proposed with a fight with uh, Connor Hawk. So I guess that's going to be the, uh, the yeah part of that. It says here that uh, Music Meister made his debut in batman the brave and bold which i've never seen uh portrayed by neil patrick harris um and and it goes off from there to go through the the character's history cool next
1: next up harley quinn is about to help launch a brand new dc team in shadow war zone number one this team appears to include black manta deathstroke poison ivy and Gorilla Grodd. Okay, so uh, was that Shadow War Zone out this week?
0: I don't think so, no. No, I don't think so.
1: But Oh, it's so- set to release next month, May 17th. Yeah. Also- I mean, next month is next week, so, you know, in a few weeks. Sure, yeah. Also, that just sounds like the Legion of Doom,
0: mostly, with Harley Quinn attached. Mm-hmm. Um... DC to publish round-robin contest finalists as short stories. Uh, so, yeah. this We've talked about uh, DC's round-robin tournament uh, for... Well, at least last week, I think we did. And apparently... Uh, let's see. It was revealed that DC will be publishing six-page short stories for four of the finalists that did not make it to round three of the voting. Uh, Ghost Tour from Hell, Hawkman and Hawkwoman, uh, The Changeling excuse me kid flash the speed of fear and green lantern birth of a conspiracy sounds like all of them are getting short stories um coming up says the news was announced during a q and a during dc's round with uh dc's round robin editors with confirmation that more news regarding the contest as a whole is also to come which i guess we can go to the next
1: um story All right. Uh, DC resurrects Blue Beetles Round Robin 2021 title. Okay. Uh, DC is bringing back one of the Round Robin 2021 titles, Blue Beetle graduation day, after it made it to the final four of last year's competition. The editorial team behind DC's Round Robin tournament recently hosted a question and answer session on DC Community during the forum. Uh, The team says that nothing's really lost forever. (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
0: Sure. I mean, you know, if you got a story that's already done, (laughs) right. It'll come out.
1: They can put it out eventually, especially to fill in any kind of gaps in the schedule. Exactly.
0: Assuming it's it's in some state of being done, because I don't know how a a lot of that round robin stuff is, if it's already
1: finished or. Right. My understanding is that they were pitches. Right. Exactly. So I don't know how complete they are, but if the pitches, you know, still valid, you know, right. given the whatever the current state of continuity is, then why not, right? Right, exactly.
0: Uh, one last bit of uh, round-robin news in that uh, it comes down to two now. It's uh, Suicide Squad Dark versus Superboy in the final round. Um. So, yeah. It says basically goes to what happened in the semifinal round, but uh like I said, these are the only two books. Ne- next uh, left, uh, and I guess we'll find out who went, who's going to win in the uh, win the whole thing soon. Probably within the next day or so. I don't know when the when the when the finals going to be judged. Actually, it probably said. Uh, let's see,
1: nope, it doesn't say. Next up. Alright, so the folks at Manly Bands have teamed up with DC Comics to create a series of wedding bands based on their most iconic characters. (laughs) Soon you'll be able to say I do, and also swear your everlasting love to Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Aquaman, and the Joker. The Joker, really? Yeah, no, that one was a weird one. You know, oddly enough, the iconic DC hero most associated with wearing a ring, Green Lantern, is not among the options. hmm I said that. Uh, that's just... You know what?
0: I'm like, because as a matter of fact, I said it on Twitter, I was like, I guess I was too on the nose. Like, that was a missed opportunity. Like, why would you not do the Green Lantern
1: ring? Seriously? <laughs> like, you have a Joker one and not Green Lantern? Really? Right. You have an Aquaman one and not Green Lantern. That's right. just wild.
0: Right. Although that, that Batman one doesn't look too terrible. So, you know, but you know, I don't wear a ring, so it doesn't matter either way. Unbelievable.
1: Um, That's yeah. all I got to say.
0: Yeah. Toy Corner. Uh, Blackest Night action figure from Fallen Toys available for pre-order. So apparently right. there are four Blackest Night builder figures available for pre-order as of this recording. Uh, these wave of figures features Kyle Rayner, Superman, Batman, and Deathstorm. And they're based on their look in the comics for the comic arc uh, Black as Night. So each figure includes one of four pieces, and then you know how Builder figures work. And apparently the Builder figure will uh, end up being Atrocitus of the Red Lanterns. And you can see there's uh, Kyle, Rainer, Kyle uh figure with uh mall. there's uh cyborg superman or excuse me not cyborg uh black lantern superman uh there's that looks like a zombie batman i don't know what the hell that is um and then of course death storm so yeah there you go and there are wait this is, are there prices there are prices there I don't see prices, but they're probably out there somewhere.
1: Next up. Next up, LEGO has announced the Luke Skywalker Landspeeder Ultimate Collector Series set. Retailing for $199, the set comes with 1,890 pieces and recreates Luke's X-34 Landspeeder from Star Wars A New Hope. It will be available to LEGO VIP members from May 1st while it's full launch online and in stores is on Star Wars Day itself, May 4th. May the 4th be with the you. The set does come... Yes, the set... Uh, May the 4th be with you. The set comes with two minifigures, Luke Skywalker, and an exclusive C-3PO minifigure with 2K molded legs and a side print. Okay, whatever that means. <laughs> Sounds, Sounds dirty. You know, uh, hey,
0: there's a Doctor Doom... Um, does dr doom one 12 collective action figure that is on sale for pre-order excuse me right now from what is it Hot toys doesn't say regardless it's 155 bucks uh and yes it is on pre-order what's this is medsco yeah medsco oh yeah medsco yeah and uh, the article shows what what comes with, which is a bunch of stuff.
1: Um, have at it. Next up. Yeah. I was about to say 1 12th is essentially 6 inch. Right. So these are relatively in scale with Marvel Legends. So, uh, you know, Hot Toys are not. But these Mezco figures are relatively in scale with Marvel Legends. And these, And this particular figure has, like, some cool, like, gadgets. And it comes with, like, a spell book. Mm-hmm. um and whatnot you know but that's a that's a high price to pay for uh like a super fancy marvel legend yeah I mean, not Alrighty. next though, so. up i'm sorry
0: not bad looking though so
1: yeah it's definitely not next up marvel's x-men go grindhouse in a new series starring wolverine dazzler and more um Dazzler, Jubilee, Wolverine, and Boom Boom will star in Marvel's new five-issue five-issue Exterminator series from Leah Williams and Carlos Gomez, mm-hmm. And yet another reinvention of an old '80s slash '90s X title and X story, because uh, the Exterminators were uh, oh, it was a, was a team in a short-lived miniseries uh, from I want to say. The late '80s,
0: early '90s. <laughs> uh, so, they came out of basically, kind of came out of X Factor, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Right, but that series that they were in wasn't that tied into Inferno. Yes, that's why. Yeah, that that's sense. why I wasn't sure if it was late '80s, early '90s. Right. And I think so really,
0: four of Marvel's X. Ex- sorry. No, I was about to say, and I think only one of those people mentioned had anything to do with the original team. <laughs>
1: Right, so four of Marvel's X-Men are about to go on a Grindhouse-influenced trip involving blood, sweat, and revenge in a new five-issue limited series, X-Terminators. So, yeah, it's Dazzler, Jubilee, Wolverine, and Boom Boom. Yeah, Boom Boom is the one person that had mm-hmm. that was on the X-Terminators. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, so uh, the series is said to be influenced by grindhouse films, meaning fans can expect it to be full of all kinds of bloodshed and exploitation. Goodness gracious!
0: <laughs> Which also is kind of weird. From like, uh, I would dare say, two of them. Because first of all, you got two of them with similar a similar ish power set, and neither one of them are, or as far as I remember, have been down to get get dirty. Right. Well, this
1: is also Laura um this is laura wolverine not logan wolverine well no no no. i meant like dazzling jubilee right right no that i get i just right. wanted to mention that it's laura wolverine not logan wolverine Right.
0: oh no we, we know she's down to get dirty so mm. <laughs> but uh next up uh predator comes to marvel comics this uh summer which i feel like we already knew that but hey i'm just in case you didn't know well, I know we talked about it initially, because we knew we knew in the past like, the, the alien stuff. Which, by the way, uh, Happy Alien Day, I guess, happened uh, recently. But, uh, yeah, it was almost two years ago that Marvel Comics reveals plans for Aliens and Predators franchises to come in. Uh, there were delays. There was supposed to be a movie prequel. Uh, I guess that is still coming. But uh, there is going to be a book, a Predator book from the creator team of Ed Brisson and Kev Walker, which, sure, that makes total sense there. Um, the series has a July six release date, uh, but it was originally solicited for June 2021, and it only... Um, the delay happened because they just settled the, the lawsuit in January of this year. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, that's pretty dramatic. You can see the... What, uh, uh, Then, I'll Francis, you cover right there. Boom. Last but not least.
1: Last but not least, Devil's Reign Omega gives us a first look and it teases Marvel's new Thunderbolts team. So the event is over, but there's still plenty of fallout to come from the Daredevil-centric event. Luke Cage, spoiler alert for Devil's Reign. Luke Mm -hmm. Cage is replacing Wilson Fisk as the new mayor of New York City and one of his first tasks will be reclaiming the Thunderbolts' name and appointing Hawkeye as the team's new leader. So there are, those are two characters who have close ties to the Thunderbolt legacy. Both Luke Cage and Hawkeye have both led versions of the Thunderbolts in the past. Mm-hmm. A Thunderbolts miniseries is on the way from writer Jim Zub and artist Sean Isaacs, with Hawkeye leading America Chavez, Spectrum, the younger Power Man, Persuasion, who is the Purple Man's daughter, and a new character named Cuts and Glory. <laughs> oh, jeez. Sure, you know
0: I have that team. Sounds like a good good mix.
1: <laughs> yeah, Devil's Reign Omega Number One does not come out until May 25th, so it's going to be a little while. hmm And that, folks, is the
0: news. Uh, you don't have anything to for Torcon or anything, do you?
1: No, not at the moment. All right. Well, then you got one last ad read to take us out. Our last ad read of the night is for Wink, your personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to torronte. Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Have you ever tried an orange wine? It's that time of the year. Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Comical Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To so place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you. Go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W I N C wink wines through CSPN. Do it today.
0: Um, and that, Oh, wait a minute. Wait, I do have something real quick. Does oh, right. Again, I can't have something for toy corner. Well, not necessarily. To, well, I guess kind of sort of not really, but Hey, remember we talked about the, um, the, uh, the playtest book for that, uh, Marvel RPG, the tabletop RPG. I got a copy. Nice hot little hands. Yeah, I got it a couple of days after we uh, aired. Looks pretty good so far. I think I got a couple of people that might want to um, might want to play test the but I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm trying to read it and try to see what it is about it. But looks good. So um, we'll see if anything comes of that. Sounds uh, good. Yeah, but That's with fun. that, yeah, hopefully, 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 um, hopefully, we'll see w- what happens with
1: that. All right. But with that, before we get into the closing of the show, I wanted to remind everyone about movie protocol next week. Mm -hmm. This is the best time to do it. Next week, we are going on movie protocol, so we will be recording on a different day, more likely than not, Friday or Saturday, depending on our schedules. We will be, or at least I'll be watching Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness Thursday evening. Roddy Cat's schedule may, may, may change, and he may be watching it over the weekend. So maybe Saturday won't fit. Maybe Friday will fit. We'll see what his schedule is like. But uh, due to the movie dropping next week, we won't have a show recording on Thursday evening. So that pushes our schedules back. I wanted to remind everyone, please be kind. If you, like me, are watching... Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness on the earlier side of the weekend, let's say premiere night, or, or uh, I think it's called previews night still, the Thursday night. Sure. Or if you're watching it opening night, please, please, please do not spoil it for people who are watching it after you. Not everyone is able to watch it Thursday night. Not everyone is able to watch it opening night. Some people have to watch these things over the weekend or even later right so with that in mind please 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 do not spoil this movie for other people even by accident be mindful of that that's what i'm asking yeah
0: um there is a um two percent ten percent chance that there might be a show a solo show to uh next week but don't don't hold me to it uh but basically pr- movie protocol will be in effect regardless <laughs> so with that uh, folks uh, I have a Riddicat you can find me at Riddicat on Twitter you can find me at News and Need on Twitter you can find me at uh, CBcaps on Instagram <laughs> agent underscore 70 on twi- uh, Twitter and Instagram <laughs> pcn underscore dirt on Twitter popculturenet uh, on Twitter and the popculturenetwork.com and all the umbrella st- sites therein are <laughs> in. And uh, Tim D O G G 9 8 on Twitter, um, the Osiris of this ish, uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Comic Book Chronicles uh, Twitter account, uh, The Click Nation on Twitter, uh, uh, also TheClickNation.com, but also ComicBook.com, where he's over there writing his face off. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coast of the Podcast Network at cspn.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast pros or place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Uh, you could also find us recording every Thursday night, uh, 9.30ish p.m. with the exception of next week, like we said, on um, the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation and twitch.tv slash Chronicles.
1: Make sure to hit like and subscribe and leave us good reviews. Yeah. And with that, folks, we will leave you. Uh,
0: this has been The Comic Book Chronicles. Peace.
1: Peace one